Hey there, welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast, a space to talk about all things life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. My name is Elizabeth. I am an international fertility coach, ICF certified life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. Join us as we support the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your new baby home and everything along the way. See you in the episode. Welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Today we have Iran Amir, who is the founder of Ghost Work, which you may have heard me talk about on other podcasts or interviews of how much I love this platform. So I'm so excited to have him here so we can learn about him and his own story, as well as dive a little deeper into this platform marketplace. I always not sure really how to how to say it, except for the fact that I love it so much. And I know that you who are listening, who've heard me talk about it, can hear the enthusiasm in my voice of how much I love it. In fact, I have one client right now who's waiting on her egg donor to see what's fertilized. So she just used the platform Um It all happened super fast and we'll talk about that too, but she went to go look for an egg donor and she's now used ghost work in order to help her navigate that process. And now she's, like I said, waiting for her to see what their fertilization results are, but she was saying how easy it was. So anyway, long intro, but welcome Aaron. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Super excited. Yeah. So tell us, well, what did you do prior to this? How did how did you get led to starting GhostWork? Prior to GhostWork, I was executive in technology companies. For the last 25 years, I was working in technology companies, uh, software development, product management. And, and then uh, I built my family through surrogacy. And that's when I kind of like got to know with this infertility world. And I left my job to open GhostWork. So how, tell us about that surrogacy journey and how you came to, did you always know you wanted kids? Where did that stem from and how did it kind of lead you to that path? Yeah, I always knew I wanted to have kids uh, and lots of them. (laughs) I'm gay. So, uh, you know, I lived in New York and I always wanted to do that with a partner uh, and then I turned 40 and I was still single. So I was like, I'm just going to do it by myself. Uh, and I was financially stable, emotionally ready for that. I was really happy in my, in my life. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. Um, so I did that, started the process looking for egg donors and surrogacy agencies and IVF clinics. And uh, six months into the process, I found my husband today. Uh, but you know you know they always say when you stop looking they they come right 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 (laughs) so we actually did the whole process together but I told him like on the first day hey I'm having a kid just so you know in the the middle of the process and he was like I love it let's let's get together so Um, you had already picked your donor when you're you met your current husband or you had I had a surrogacy agency egg donor and IVF which I'll tell you in a second how I got to that point but yeah when I met him I already was like in the middle of the process ready to like do that like the first transfer or I know it was like creating the embryos okay Um, yeah 
So quick question on your, to go back to your 40th birthday. I know for women, we always feel that pressure of, oh my gosh, okay, now I'm 35, now I'm 38, now I'm 40. I better hurry up and get on it. Did you feel any of that pressure as a man to be like, okay, I'm 40, I need to do this now? Or was it like, I'm at the right stage in my life? When you have a Jewish mom, you feel the pressure when you're like 25. So <laughs> that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I felt the, the pressure because uh, not a lot of people know that, but also men, you know, we have our own biological clock. No one knows another, no one knows, talked about that. But once you get to 40, uh, your sperm quality and quantity is reduced. Right. Uh, so it doesn't mean that you can't have kids. I was 40 and I have two daughters uh, from the sperm where that I provided when I was 40. It's possible. So women can do that when they're 40. It's just like you're taking more risks and uh, it might be just longer process. Yeah, I think I'm glad you point that out because that is such a big myth. I think we, you know, Hugh Hefter and all these other guys that had babies, you know, much older, um, gave this false sense of it's possible at any age, which of course, yes, it could be possible, but your chances of a healthy quality embryo decline over 40 for men, as well as, you know, it's hard to keep up with little, little people, the older you get. <laughs> yes. Definitely, I, I I sense that these days that my daughter now three years old, uh, so I'm literally chasing after her. Yeah. So you met your current husband as you had just started your process, and and tell us a little bit about that process of going down the road of surrogacy. Obviously, you knew that you had to do surrogacy being a gay man. Did you know anyone in your friend circle that you could potentially? approach about this or did you already know right away that like no friends or family were going to be doing this I needed to go out and quote unquote pay for someone to do this yeah my uh immediate circle of friends I knew no one has done surrogacy but I did ask a lot of people uh to see who can refer me to clinics or or agencies I I didn't find any so I started googling and doing my own market research, which I felt comfortable because as a product manager working in technology companies, the first thing you do when you build a product is do market research on the clientele, the, the product, the competitors. So I felt comfortable doing that, but that was still very overwhelming. And it is overwhelming for a lot of intended parents for many reasons. Mm -hmm. The reason is that there's a lot of fertility providers out there. I had to register to six different egg donor agencies in order to find an egg donor. It's just like they don't have a lot of egg donors. So you have to provide all of your information. Sometimes they ask you money upfront to many, many agencies. It's like online dating. You tell them, you know, what you're looking for in your egg donor, like what eye color, hair color, height, race, religion, whatever. And then you see profiles of a woman with a lot of pictures and information about them, which is great. Just like for me, I had to go through a lot of databases until I found someone I like. Uh, and that was a big problem. It takes a lot of time and effort. It's very stressful. Um, also, like the information about these egg donors can be very overwhelming. Like there's a lot of medical information over there that you don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Surrogacy agencies, it was the same problem. There's like hundreds of surrogacy agencies in the country. A lot of people going through surrogacy and to just open a surrogacy agency. 
to help other intended parents, but it doesn't mean they're a good agency. There's the big agencies and small agencies, very expensive one and very cheap one. So how how do I how do, how do I choose one? There's like so many websites out there. When I went to Google, I found so many results. Same with IVF clinics. There's 500 IVF clinics in the United States alone. So how do you find the one that you want to work with? The second problem was once you go to their websites and read all that information, you see that there's lack of transparency. They don't tell you how much it's going to cost you or the success rates or like you really have to call them to extract all the information that you, you need in order to make informed decision. And are they openly willing to give you that information or is it a yeah. little bit like... Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're going to flood you with PDFs, with a lot of information, with a lot of hidden fees. It's not going to be clear. I did not know how to handle all of that information. And then even after you extract all that information and, you know, back then I went to conferences and to, to actually meet agencies and they give you all these brochures and a lot, you go home with like bags of brochures and it's like, well, okay, now what? Yeah. You think you have all the information, but you don't. Um, it's really hard to compare apples to apples, what every agency provides you. Uh, so these are the main problems. Like how do I find from so many providers, how do I get the information that I need and make informed decision? And it was also super expensive. My first daughter was, it cost me $200,000, right? Wow. Because the fertility in the United States can range uh, between 12,000 to 15,000 for one cycle. Mm -hmm. two, three cycles or for LGBTQ plus, we pay $40,000 for the IVF clinic itself. And mm -hmm. then if you need an egg donor, that's another $30,000. And if you need a surrogate, that's another $100,000. So it's easily jumps to uh, X, like numbers that you can't even afford. Um, Which I, I don't know this. Um, are any... Is there any insurance that pays for this for LGBTQ plus? as far as like big companies with insurance benefits that normally would cover IVF rounds for other people? I don't, I mean, I'm literally, that's the first time that I'm having this conversation. Insurance will cover some of the expenses for a straight couple that right. experiencing infertility, not for LGBTQ plus. Okay, interesting. So that's something we need to work on then. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But yeah. a lot of employers are starting to offer you know, fertility benefits for gays also. Um, my company didn't offer it. Back then, like four or five years ago, when I just started the process, it was not that popular, all this like fertility benefits yeah. to the employer. Today, a lot of employers offer $10,000, $20,000 straight gay, doesn't matter for your IVF donation or surrogacy. So if you are starting the process, always ask your employer, are you offering some benefits for my journey? That's good. A good a good point to start. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think the more that that conversation is had, and, and for lack of better term, putting the pressure on them that we do need to have everybody, you know, equal on this realm. Because I didn't have any insurance covering mine when I went through it, but certainly just out of the gate, you guys are at a different level of costs, right? Like from what yeah. you said. So it really is a significant undertaking for somebody who's trying to go down this road. That's um, so in Ghost Org, we're actually offering fertility loans for intended parents amazing. To, to finance your journey. Like even if you're doing IVF or donation of surrogacy, 
we build a platform that you put your information and then you get offers on the screen mm -hmm. from different lenders that offer you fertility specific loans. So different lenders, different loans, different terms, uh, and then you can apply uh, directly on the website. So it's really great. So cool. Again, just one of the amazing other aspects that I love about this. I'm, I feel like I'm all over the place when I'm talking to you because I want to talk about this and I want to talk about that. And I want to get back to your own story as well. But when you were talking about comparing apples to apples, this is another amazing um, benefit of this site because how many different things can you compare at a time, clinics or um, donors? Is it clinics and donors or just donors? So I think uh, for people that are watching us, they need to know like, so the GoStork is a fertility marketplace. You said that before, marketplace platform. We say it's a fertility marketplace and we okay. help intended parents to find egg donors, surrogacy agencies, IVF clinics, and loans, right? Okay. We have 10,000 egg donors from different agencies. So you don't have to register to all the databases that like, like I did before. We work together with all of them bring all of their egg donors to one platform and right. you can see how much it's going to cost you. So this is the only place so you can see cost transparency and surrogacy agencies. We have 50 surrogacy agencies and all the IVF clinics. So, so sorry to interrupt you. So when he says cost transparency, it literally breaks it down, you guys. So if you're saying here's a hundred thousand dollars, it will say how much goes to the attorney, how much goes to the donor, how much goes to the clinic, et cetera. It's amazing because when someone on the outside, when you have heard of surrogacy before, you're like, oh, I can't afford it. It costs a hundred thousand dollars. You don't know if that hundred thousand goes only to the surrogate or, or whatever. So this really literally breaks it down of where every, all the money is going to. It's incredible. Yeah. So for my own journey, I created like a generic template with all the expenses, how much the agency is asking, how much the surrogate is asking, the legal fees, the screening fees, the insurance, everything. And then I worked with all the agencies to put their numbers on the generic template. So you'll have the same template for all the agencies, no hidden fees, and then it's also easy to compare apples to apples. Going back to your question, yeah, you can select three surrogacy agencies, click compare, and we'll present you with a table that shows all the information about these agencies, including cost, breakdown, and difference between all of them. You can also compare egg donors so to one another. Okay. So you can select three, four, five egg donors, click compare, and you'll see all the egg donors in a summarized table. And you'll see all the information about them, their medical records, their fertility, their uh, genetics in their families, and also cost breakdown in the comparison table. And the same with IVF clinics. So we really wanted to aggregate data, have a one-stop shop for fertility, but also to provide tools to help you make informed decision faster. And that's the comparison tool that you brought up. Yeah, I was just going to say before you said informed, informed and educated. This is, you're getting all the information and to me, power is, or education is power, right? When you walk in and you're able to say, I have all this information that we normally wouldn't have had without GoStork, because like you said, if you're paying one agency, most likely you're trying to shop within a few, so you're not paying out so many. And now it's all there, which is so cool. So let's circle back to your own story again. So you went through this process of your first daughter and how long did that process take from start to end from your 40th birthday to saying, okay, I'm ready to go to 
you know, delivery room, baby in your arms? I was, it was 13 months, 12 months, including the pregnancy altogether. I was really fast because I was anxious to have a baby. So what I did, I was looking for IVF clinic and egg donor and surrogate, surrogacy agency in parallel. Some people like to find an IVF clinic first and then egg donor later and then a surrogacy agency. But you can definitely do all of them in parallel if you want to save time. So mm-hmm. by the time you, you know, when you're looking for an egg donor, the first thing they're going to ask you, which IVF clinic do you work with? Because they will send her medical records to your clinic. So it's really nice to have IVF clinic. But then by the time you create embryos with the egg donors, it's great to have a surrogate already available and screened. So that's why it's, it's nice to have all of them working and finding all of them in parallel. So you don't have to wait. Okay. Now I have embryos and I'm going to wait four or five months until I have a surrogate. Right. So in my case, my surrogate was already ready. She was screened. I had a contract with her. So when I had embryos created, we did a transfer the month after. So also this ghost work helps streamline the time process as well, right? Because everything's right there, essentially, instead of, as you said, it's, it's essentially helping you do it all at the same time, like you did it. Yeah. Uh, on our homepage, you can search for any of the egg donors, surrogate agencies, IVF clinics, uh, or loans. And you mentioned that it can be so overwhelming. What was the most overwhelming part for you guys going through it the first time? Was it just kind of pulling all this information together or was there one aspect that you thought, oh my gosh, I didn't expect this and that's, it's a lot. I just had no idea with which provider I should work with. Even when I was talking to agencies, it felt like they, it felt like they were not really clear about all the information that I need. They were like throwing a lot of information about me uh, and I didn't know what to do with that. It was like, oh, you need to purchase insurance for the surrogate because in my head, everyone has health insurance. Like I didn't understand this concept that the surrogacy, um, the surrogate, even if she has health insurance, it's not surrogacy friendly. It wasn't clear to me back then. And even after talking to my agency, I wasn't really understanding what they're telling me. I just purchased health insurance, the one they told me to uh, purchase, it was the most expensive one. It was like $30,000 on top of uh, my expenses that I didn't plan to do. And, you know, today in Ghost Org, you can see exactly which agency, if they have surrogates available and you can look what would it cost to you to, to do it with a surrogate that has surrogacy friendly health insurance or not. Mm-hmm. A lot of information. So basically just deciding which provider I want to work with that was very overwhelming the the amount of information that they throw on you is just like too much even with ghost org just fyi we're doing a lot of concierge calls everyone that registered to ghost org he gets a welcome email for me he can schedule a free consultation call where i talk to them for one hour for free and give them all the tips in the world how to choose an agency how to save money all of that stuff and they told me around you know what we spoke with agencies and what you told us in this hour is gold than like they didn't tell us all of that stuff. So um, amazing. That must make you feel so good too to be able to help people in this way, right? Yeah. I feel like I, I wake up in the morning and I'm just happy to go to work, which is yeah. right, right next door. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Even better. Um and as far as 
having you had baby number one in 13 months, which is awesome. At what point after her, did you say, okay, we're ready to, to go down this road again? And how did that go? Was it, did you feel like a pro at that point? And, or was it like, oh gosh, I don't know if I'm ready to undertake this, even though I've done all this back end work through number one. No, I, 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 after she was born, I was ready to start another journey. <laughs> Actually, the, no grass running, uh, growing under your feet, it sounds like. No, yeah, I was, I was, I felt like educated, you know, about the process. And my surrogate actually approached me and said, if you want to do another journey with me, I'm open to that. And um, so I didn't have more embryos because uh, on my first journey, uh, they created four embryos, but only one survived after five days to blast. Mm -hmm. So I only had one chance for a transfer and it was successful. That was, that's my daughter here. She's, mm -hmm. uh, she was born and we call her the survivor because she's the only one who survived after five days. Aww. So I didn't have a, I didn't have any more embryos. I had to go back to, 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 to the beginning. So I contacted the egg donor and asked her, do you want to do another cycle with us? So she said, yes, for sure. She, uh, um, they did egg retrieval with her and we created more embryos. Uh, we had eight embryos created this time and six of them survived after five days. And I was like in cloud nine. I was like, oh my God, I have six embryos after five days. Mm -hmm. And the surrogate was ready. She was like, wanted to do that. Um, so two of them were boys and four of them girls so when you're doing IVF the doctor will ask you do you want to do genetic testings on the embryos if yes they freeze the embryos they do genetic testings but they will also tell you the gender of the embryos Only if you want right yeah you want. yeah yeah so I wanted a boy as my second child uh -huh. uh, so we did a transfer with the same so it was the same egg donor the same sperm mine same doctor same surrogate we do a transfer and it was not uh, it didn't catch. Mm, okay. And the next month we did another transfer and it also didn't catch. So I was obviously devastated because I wanted a boy and I have only four girls. Embryos. And on the first one with your, your first daughter, was she the first try and she was the only one, but was she that obviously? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wrong question. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, in my first journey, I had only one embryo. Yeah. I had only one chance and she, she made was, it. She and made it. Primer. Yeah. Okay. So now you're on transfer number two with surrogate, you know, same surrogate, everything the same, and still didn't work after two transfers. Correct. So the doctor was like, maybe we should find another surrogate. I was like, let's do another cycle with her because I really loved her. And yeah. we, did a, we did another transfer and she got pregnant. We, got, we were so happy yeah. and it was amazing. And, you know, after six weeks, uh, there's a big milestone in the pregnancy. You do the first, the first ultrasound where yeah. you're supposed to hear the heartbeat of your child. And we didn't. Mm. So there was no heartbeat. Uh, and obviously, uh, we had to pause and uh it was devastating for us like i'd never felt like that in my life uh, it was uh, really hard uh being a major in the israeli army for five years you know you think you you go through a lot but this was really difficult emotionally so we paused 
I was in the middle of building the Go Stork back, back then. We, we just launched the company and we had like the Eggdonor database and all of that and the surrogacy. Uh, so I was focusing on building Go Stork. And then six months after we restarted the process, but the doctor disqualified my carrier. So, cause she couldn't get pregnant. So okay. I had to go back to scratch, but I already had Go Stork. Yeah. So I actually used Go Stork on my second journey to okay. find my surrogacy agency. I wanted to save time, uh, money. Mm-hmm. And in Go Stork, because you can see all the agencies and how much it's going to cost you, you can sort the list by cost and you'll see the cheapest agency on the top in two seconds. I saved $50,000. Okay. So is, is that a question I want to ask you is, do you feel from you going through it yourself, obviously more money is not always better. It sounds like, right. You purposely sought out, I want to save money. So I'm going to go with the, the cheapest one here. How did you feel about that? Were you like, I'm not questioning that at all. Or was there something in you that was like, maybe more? No, I, I had no questions because uh, all the agencies in Ghost Stork are vetted. Okay. You can't just be uh, an agency owner and open a profile in Ghost Stork. It doesn't work like that. We vet all of them. I interview all of them. I make sure they have a great process in place. The operations is right. They have the tools and they have the experience. And we also have advisory board that is helping us to vet the, the, the providers. So all the agencies in Ghost Stork are great. Okay. Whether they're new or old one, they have experience or they're expensive or they're cheap, it doesn't matter. They're all good. Only matters what's important to you. Like if you want to start right away, you can sort the list by matching time with a surrogate and you'll see on the top, the agencies that already have surrogates. Mm, That's great. Okay. And if you want the, the most experienced agency, you can sort the list by experience. You'll see the, the, the top, the agencies that have more babies born, right? Uh, so for me, it was cost because uh, I wanted to save money. So I sorted by cost. I went to the agency that I, that I chose that was cheapest. She was by chance my egg donor agency okay. from the first journey. Mm-hmm. I know her. She was amazing. And she just opened a surrogacy agency back then. So I worked with her on the surrogacy process. And I saved $50,000 because their, her agency fee was half of what I paid on my first journey to the other agency. And also she had the surrogates with surrogacy-friendly health insurance that alone saved me $30,000. Wow. I did not have to purchase health insurance for that carrier because her health insurance was surrogacy friendly. It covered everything. Now, this, wow. is what I tell to patients tell. this is what I tell patients on my concierge calls. Like, these are the tips. Like, you, you, you can find a cheaper agency that is smaller, that is more boutique. It doesn't mean that they're less, um, uh, that you're not going to have a great experience with them or to find a surrogate with surrogacy family health insurance. It might take you a longer time to find her, but you can save a lot of money like that. So not only money, but even in this conversation, there's so many aspects that we're not aware of. So if you're coming to the table around surrogacy the first time, have this call with Iran and realize that you're you're already so much further ahead of the game because you're being talked to, to about all these things like the surrogate health insurance and all of these other things, which is amazing. So, okay, back to your, picked this, this agency for number two and how did that go? It went well. She matched me with the surrogate after a week. 
the doctor did medical screening. She, she passed it. She has, she's married. She has a child of her own. We did a transfer and that's my second child. Yeah, she's, she's, she's six months. She's going to be tomorrow, six months old. Oh, so. cute. And so that process in hindsight, of course, you went through things that you didn't expect, right? On, on going through number two after you had number one. Is there anything that you would give as advice that to somebody who's going through this process, either first time or second time? Um, the only advice is just you need to be ready for a very long emotional and stressful process. Mm-hmm. If you're doing that with someone else, that's great. Support each other, hold each other's uh, through the process because uh, one journey is going to be much different than the second. I thought that my first journey was hard. You know, only having one embryo surviving was so stressful that she will get pregnant. But then the second journey was 10 times worse and more stressful. Yeah. It's not always as bad. You can always have a great journey, you know, that you get pregnant and everything's fine. You know, my second surrogate on my second journey, she got COVID in the middle of the pregnancy. Oh, gosh. Mm. I wanted to die. Uh, And, you know, like there was no enough research about that, like Mm -hmm. pregnant woman, but she was on her first trimester when it happened. So the doctor said there's nothing to worry about, but it's just like a lot of things that adding to your stress level. Yeah. So speaking of stress level, did you guys get any emotional support throughout your journey to talking to somebody who understands the, what you're going through emotionally, especially after that first loss? I mean, I remember our first loss, like yesterday, trying to find that heartbeat and it's like nothing you can ever be prepared for. Um, which is why I think having these conversations of normalizing that conversation is so important that people understand that you're not alone and we understand how you feel. But did you guys seek any outside support emotionally during this journey? Um, on my first journey, the agency supported us with a therapist, which okay. I, I, didn't, I actually didn't use. Okay. My first journey was pretty good. Like there was not a lot of stresses there. I didn't, I didn't feel like I need to talk with someone yeah. about it. Um, you know, it's really important that if you're going through this process, even if it's just IVF or, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't always have to be surrogacy. IVF itself is stressful, even yeah. for couples. Uh, I have my best friends trying to get pregnant for four or five years. Mm. Lots of my best friends. It's not just one couple. And it's very emotional and stressful process for them. If you are going through that, it's always good to share it with your family and friends. You know, my family knew everything about it. They were my support system. My best friends knew everything I'm going through. Every milestone, my best friends knew about everything and they supported me. So I didn't feel like the need to go to an external uh, therapist. But there's a lot of counselors and therapists in the industry that will gladly be, be there for you if you actually need them. And in the future, you'll be actually able to find them in Ghost Ork also. Beautiful, beautiful. So speaking of Ghost Ork, we know that people can find Ghost Ork at the website there. But where else can people find information around this? Or, you know, where can they find you and, and information around having that call with you once they sign up with Ghost Ork? How does that process work? Everything will happen by itself. Once you oh. sign up with Ghost Ork, 
Uh, so if you want to start a process, go to ghostorg.com. And then on the homepage, you'll see the main buttons to search for an egg donor surrogacy agency, IVF clinic, or loan. Once you finish the registration, which is free, by the way, everything you do in Ghostork is free for intended parents. Um, once you sign up, uh, you'll get a welcome email from me inviting you to schedule a consultation call. And my calendar link is going to be right there. You click on that, you select the day and time, and then uh, you'll have the invite in your calendar with my Zoom link, and we'll talk for an hour. Also, in the product itself, you'll see some pop-ups inviting you to schedule a consultation call with me, and, and you'll, you'll be able to do that uh, inside the product itself. Amazing. So I just want to reiterate, he just said that it is free, people. <laughs> like, that's, you have no idea what a value this is to you and our friends that you may have. And even if you're not even sure about, do I need an egg donor or do I need to go down the road of surrogacy? Take a look at it, play around with it, see what's there so that you can then tell somebody else about it. And that's what happened with me. And now I tell everybody about it. It's not even something that is I, me personally I'm doing, but I know so many people that this is helping. And the more that we educate ourselves, the more we can help others. And that's my favorite thing is help one person every day, hope. And this uh, marketplace of Ghost Dork certainly is helping people every day. So I'm so excited to, to share that. Well, thank you for being here. And we look forward to connecting again soon. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Follow up on Instagram at the Pretty Little Tribe or at Elizabeth King underscore coaching for updates, resources, and a community to connect with. If you are looking for extra support and tools to guide you along your TTC and parenting journey, visit ElizabethKing.com. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast everywhere you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Visit ElizabethKing.com backslash Pretty Little Tribe podcast for more information on how to enter. Any review counts. I just appreciate your honest feedback so I can provide you with the best support possible in your TTC and parenthood journey. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.